Hi, this is Nick Dragata of East of West, and you're listening to the 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast. Perfect. There we go. Yep. It's on, it's on point. Here. Well, okay, no, I mean, I'll take your word for it, obviously. It's just... It, it's, Excuse it, me. Have no crushes the woohoo. I'm watching the only current uh, Jewish baseball player uh, taking in that bat. Shout out to Russ Bond. Nice. Um... I, no, but the, the point the point remains. I mean, Why are you no, watching baseball? Ryan Braun. See, you got me thinking comics. Ryan Braun. The Brewers. And my question goes unanswered. I I'm, I wanted to correct it because I'm not. Russ Braun is not a baseball player. Ryan Braun is. But what was your question? Why are you watching baseball? I because it's on mute in the background, so that I don't have to worry about it. Isn't that a distraction though? No, because it's no, baseball. I always have something on mute. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I do. Wow. I could never ever do that. I'm not watching it. It's just I just need to have like that. It's 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 weird. I mean, but that's a holdback from from the old house. But um, before we do get into the nitty gritty, I do have to give Jason a shout out from Renee um, because we uh, today wasn't your typical day at work, and it was a big gathering with other with other members of of the staff on campus, and um, one of our friends came up to me. To ask me how I'm doing, knowing what we went through last week, and Renee just looked at me <laughs> after after our friend left, and she's like, she's like, just do me a favor and just just let Jason know I was thinking about him today because you, my friend, are the only one that she and I both know who reached out to her to see how she was doing everybody oh. knows everybody knows how i feel about our pets and everybody because i'm out there but and so everybody comes to me and then they'll usually you know through me want to express their condolences to my wife and and say you know let her know we're thinking about it and it's like well you can also just you know reach out to her but you are the only one who did so go. she loves well, you that immensely nice. and my little we... puppy got the uh, ball the dolls cut off yesterday oh, oh boy He's doing great now, though. Joining the League of Men. Yeah. <laughs> well, leaving the League of Men, really. But Hey, everybody, look at this. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 596. And I'm Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. Happy pie to everybody. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I'm nobody's number 20, even though I'm fuck Tarkington. Ah, nice. <laughs> You're, I oh, wish you were. Yeah. And that was the the highlight of, of that issue for me. It made me giddy to see that. But it really did. Right you, on the first page, bam. You know what you're getting. I don't think you're fucked Tarkington. <laughs> <laughs> you are not sexually ambiguous at all, my friend. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Yes. And there is absolutely no ambiguity to where you can get your comics the cheapest possible. Where is that? Discount comic book service. Exactly. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com where you get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. The specials are up and they are magnificent, but 
we've whittled it down to three for you. Um, number one is Marvel Avengers straight paperback, No Road Home. It's reached the halfway point, amazingly enough. It just mm-hmm. seems like yesterday we were talking about the first issue, but it's a weekly thing, and it has reached the halfway point. But you are going to get all 10 issues of No Road Home in this trade paperback. The cover price is twenty nine ninety nine, which is not bad for 10 issues. It's three bucks a piece, right? Mm-hmm. Less than newsstand. Or <laughs> newsstand. Where the hell's a newsstand? Less than cover price. But you can have it for fourteen ninety nine. Do the math on your little pocket, pal. That's... Half price. From DC, it's the Batman Last Night on Earth, number one of three. It's a prestige format miniseries written by Scott Snyder and drawn by Papi Capullo. So you know it's going to be extra beautiful. It is a $5.99 cover price. You can has it for $2.99. Last but certainly not least, Kevin Eastman Studios is bringing you Drawing Blood, Spilled Ink, number one of four. It's a thinly veiled, I don't want to say confession, but it's a thinly veiled look into the period in Kevin Eastman's life when everything was sliding a little bit south, let's just say. And it's uh, written by Kevin Eastman and David Avalone with art by Eastman and Various. And the cover art, uh, there's many cover artists, but the cover art here is by Ben Bishop. Uh, $3.99 cover price. 45% 45% off at Discount nice. Comic Book Service. You get it for $2.19. My Host goodness. Go to the McDonald's for a cheeseburger. What you just did is harder than ordering from Discount Comic Book Service. It's the truth. DCBService.com. Nicely done. Thank you. I wonder, though, how much embellishing or... Um, yeah, I wonder how much embellishing... Kevin will be doing in drawing blood um, compared to what maybe Rick Remender is doing with Deadly Class. I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure they're both going to include, they, they have included things. Well, Rick obviously has included things in his story that happened to him. And I'm sure that there will be a lot of things in, 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 um, in Kevin's book that, of course, will, uh, he will draw on from life. Um, but there may be some, some minuscule exaggerations for the sake of the story. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. And, unless he's lived an extremely exciting life. And he, I, I, I would think, well, no, I would think Kevin Eastman's life at one time could have been rock star life, right? Yeah. Top of the world, man. Yeah, absolutely. Ex- extremely I mean, exciting I mean, does fit the bill. It wasn't about, you know, topple image, but I mean, mm-hmm. what he was doing, what he was putting out and, and how he was living. I, that, that was that that to me, when I think of the '90s, it's it's very hard for me not to think of Tundra and what Kevin Eastman was doing. So yep. uh, that's that that's kind of when you that that's the whole champagne wishes and caviar dreams type thing when it comes to to comic book. The, 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 going from drawing your little black and white comic book in, in Northampton, Massachusetts, and then becoming this 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 heavy metal publisher and and working with with biz and and marrying julie strangest i mean that's you gotta pinch yourself every day i would think yeah it's a lightning strike that has only happened one other time what's the other time robert kirkman 
Same mag- same magnitude. I I, I mean, Kirk Kirpin's worth more, but the Eastman yeah. and Laird thing is it it almost exactly. You mean because it's right. transcended into pop culture? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. no, all right. I I agree with you there as far as the the crossover appeal, but Kirkman wouldn't. I don't think. Like obviously, the turtles gave Kevin everything he desired at the time. But he did that, you know, he started Turtles on his own with, with, with Peter and, and then that grew from there. And then he went and, and became a publisher and, and did his own thing. Whereas I, I respect what Kirkman has done, but he would not have done it if the original. I don't, not, not saying it would never have happened, but it probably would not be as big if it weren't for what the founders had done before so sure, he, he, sure. he kind of had to use those shoulders to 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 prop himself up with but still i i definitely see your point as far as um people beyond if they've never heard of a walking good comic book or a tmnt comic book they've at least heard of the uh the other mediums that uh they've at least experienced it through the other mediums that uh right. they've been in sure and you know push comes to shove if you erase walking dead kirkman's just another mediocre writer Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, well, I haven't finished Invincible, so I don't know. If he's that's... certainly capable. And Invincible's fun, but it's no big shakes. It's nothing revolutionary, right? Okay. It's, it's that Walking Dead that put him on the map. And look at, yes. look at his bank account. What does he well, I love. I, I remember Kirkman, he said it many times when people have asked him, what was the secret behind Walking Dead? And he, and he always says, if I knew that, I'd have 10 more of them. Yep. You know, like, like it, to your point, I mean, he's had other series of a bunch and he has a bunch coming out right now, but none of them have come within a thousandth of what walking That's dead true. was. It's just a phenomenon, you yeah. know, just yeah. like, like struck. the zeitgeist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what are we drinking? You yahoos. Well, let's start with you. All right. And we'll just go right by me because I'm drinking water. That's why we're That's starting. That's you had to leave to go get. All right, whatever. My drink, my big drink of water. I know. It's like, oh, I got to go back. I, I'll be right back. I got to get my drink. Okay. Uh, right, I want to put on the record that six days from now, you're not going to be drinking water, right? No, of course not. I already told okay. you that. Are you going okay. to be drinking water when we record from Hell the table? Hell no. Are you kidding me? Right. Thank you. Free Jesus. beer? Free Jason beer? <laughs> Ooh, there you go. I'm just yeah. going to open up my beer. trunk, put it in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I am drinking another new beer for me. And that is uh, by Allagash in Portland, Maine. The It's uh, just called Allagash Black, Belgian-style stout. It says chocolate and coffee notes flow throughout this dark and silky Belgian-style stout. Oh, look at that. It's wonderful. It's absolutely delicious. And then I have a uh, Storm King Imperial Stout after. Nice. Stouting it up. Yeah, I'm all about these dark beers lately. That's crazy. It's not even winter anymore. I mean, practically. It is where I got I got snow all over the, the ground and it's 30 degrees, so it's still winter where I'm at. It's 30 where you are? Holy shit. Yeah, man. That's nuts. It's hey, that's how we do. It's a Jersey Devil no, messing with fine. the weather. It's just in the 50s today over here, so I mean, that that's cool. Whatever. Well, whatever, man. I mean, it's factual. We're in the tropics and shit. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, so... Um, this is the second time this has happened since um, since we we've moved. I the the two liquor stores near us do not really have the inventory of of the places we generally would drive to, um, but what they do have 
that I've tried, I've really enjoyed. So for the second time, the first time was the Malbec that I had a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, as soon as I finished a bottle, I went out and bought another bottle. Generally, I try to, you know, spread the love and, and see what else they have. But but like the 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 Diseño last time, this Alamos Cabernet Sauvignon that I had on Sunday when um, Ben was with us, uh, I went and got another bottle. So I um I finished the first bottle earlier this evening with dinner, and I cracked open the second so I could have continue the fun with my booze. And so Alamos Cabernet Sauvignon from Argentina is my drink of the evening. Nice. There we go. I got some couple. Got oh, go ahead. I do. I got a couple thank yous. I, I there think, you go. All right. I think DAP does too. I received two packages yesterday. It was a banner day. And it was weird because the postal worker had brought it and then I brought it in and opened it and like, yay. And then about an hour and a half later, there was another package on my stoop. I, I, I'm not going to try and figure it out. Maybe we have mail fairies in our neighborhood. I don't know. But um, the package number one was from Christopher Hubble. Ooh. And you know what I got? No idea. Why don't you tell us? Scalped. Deluxe edition book three. Really? <laughs> yeah. They are hell bent on making uh, me read this whole thing. Um, you should bring these to, to Jason so I can finally read it. It's it's a good read. It is a very good read. And again, I, I will repeat it. I am stupid for not reading it when it was coming out. Package- I was going to say, hearing, hearing Daps just say that and then you just still reading it now, it makes me want to walk off the, walk off the show. See ya. Um, package- I didn't walk off when he finally read, when he finally started reading Aaron's Ghostwriter last week. You can't walk because he's finally starting to read Scalp. We're not going to compare Aaron's Ghostwriter to Scalp. We're we? not. But I'm just talking about the fact that we've both talked about things in the past, and here it is almost 10 years later. Right, and he's point. finally like, you know what? Hey, maybe I'm going to read this. Fair point. Yeah. A package number two was sent to me by our good friend Ono Mar. Yes. And it's got badges, buttons, stickers, yes. and t shirts in it, and a book of. Um, Boston area advertising from the 60s to the up, and it's just amazing. There was some tasty treats in there too. So nice. and a, and a brand new uh, hat that I that I'm going to wear to C2E2. Wow. I'm going to wear a lot of hats. Hat days, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to turn it around, and I'll be like Sherlock Holmes. I'll put one on, I'll put the one over it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, good. two brims, styling. And uh, I got to thank him because uh, he he knows me, he knows my my tastes, and I'm going to be sporting a lot of the things that was in that damn box. Oh yeah, well big, I I have the same thank you. Big love. I didn't get the same stuff. It sounds like he 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 customized it each for each of us. Always sure. does, man. Yeah, I got that fall winter the music we like, and it, it feels so right because you know we we first hung out with Ray at the last C two E two we attended. And he stayed with us three years ago, and he brought us all goodies then, and he brought one of these this that that year's catalog then, so it feels right. And he gave me some dope enamel pins of different hip hop artists, which are awesome. <laughs> That's hot. It's great. It's Tribe Paul Quest. There's uh, there's a De La Soul. There's uh, just like six or seven of them. I'm gonna yeah. In fact, there's two Tribe Called Quest, and I'm gonna give one of them to my. My my middle son Jackson because he that's his favorite group of all time. Wow, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, I, I didn't get anything from Ray yet. I, I know it's coming because um, Flip received the package. So I'm hoping that... Um, and you guys received yours, so I'm guessing mine is on the way. But speaking of right, Flip... You got the gas face. <laughs> where, where, was that your only thank you, Jason? Yes. Uh, so speaking of Flip, I have to thank him for um, sending a little... Uh, Little package my way. Uh, there are a couple of trades thanks through the um, EOC marketplace. I have um, I have some trades that uh, I have to pay him for, but he also included these adaptations. It's a novel. Um, it's a Star Trek novel adapted by James Blish, and it it contains. Um, uh, six, seven stories with different. Some of them have different names of of the actual episodes that NBC aired. This this was this was published in nineteen sixty seven. So it's based on um, TV Star Trek, but they're, they're they're basically adapted. And at the back of the book. Says Captain James T. Kirk, science officer Spock, and Yeoman Rand. No mention of bones. No mention of any of the other. It's like Yeoman Rand. So because, but the the titles of the stories in this small novel, not even a novel, but is Charlie's Law, which would be Charlie's Charlie X, Dagger of the Mind, the Unreal McCoy, which was actually the the, uh, the Man Trap, uh, Balance of Terror, the Naked Time. So 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 they basically just kind of like changed the. Um, the names of some of the stories. He also sent me Spider-Man, the official prequel to the blockbuster action video game. This is written by David Liss, who I believe Vince mentioned a couple weeks ago with, uh, no, David Liss didn't write mystery men. Did he? Uh, yes, he did. And I think he also wrote Spider-Man noir. Um, so he he wrote this novelization hostile takeover. Uh, I have to thank Rod for sending a beautiful card and speaking of cards, Mr. John O'Neill sent a card along with Aftershock's Shipwreck by Warren Ellis and Phil Hester. Oh, and right. he um, he sent me something which was supposed to come last year. Um, it didn't come in time for the holiday season. And then they finally sent it to him, which he then was going to... Um, that he sent to me, and that is the Ultimate Newspaper Comics Collection from 1977-1979, uh, Volume 1 of The Amazing Spider-Man from IDW. And uh, it's still in the plastic. I haven't cracked it open yet because I have so many other things that I want to try to finish before I hit the road to Jason's Wednesday night. Um, so I don't want to start something that I'm going to want to just sit through and read the whole way. Um, so that's where... Uh, we are with the thank yous for this week. So this, th- my, my thank yous were all just read live to our, uh, our Facebook group. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So I figured what the hell let's, That's let's, cool. let's spread the love. So I wanted to thank Trying you. Trying to do technologies. Yeah. You know what the hell? I don't think I'm going to continue the live, but at least, um, now when everybody hears this episode, they'll know exactly what part this nice. because now we're going to talk about uh the comics that we read this week yes sir nice it's a number ones week yes and we like to call it the first issue special 
first issue special yes in honor of the uh array of dc books published in the in the bronze age with the very same title first issue special there was atlas and and all those great books and uh we're continuing the trend because this episode all we're gonna well for the most part we're gonna focus on a bunch of first issues that came out recently yes sir and we've all read them so it's going to be a mm-hmm. nice, nice back and forth here. Let's start off. We al- we also get to do an imagerama this week too, be- because we're going to start off with something called Assassination Number oh, yes. One, written by Kyle Starks, mm-hmm. illustrated by Erica Henderson. Yes. Does anyone want to take the reins on this one, or? Um, I will because it was my favorite of the week. Wow! Oof. Nice. Clearly yes. wrong. Oh. What? Damn. What? what? Nothing. Damn, shots fired. What'd you say? I enjoyed it immensely. He says you're wrong. He but it, he but says it, you're wrong. I, I don't say oh, you know what? I'm, actually, I'm lying. I forgot about something else. Okay. Oh, it's my second favorite. <laughs> okay. Kyle Starks <laughs> is like, what the fuck? Well, no, because <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the other book, which is Transcendent. But okay. Um, but no, so I I really am a... I love Kyle Starks' work. I um, yeah. Sex Castle is just fantastic uh i sung its praises when it came out i highly recommend anybody that hasn't read that pick that up uh, when you're when you're uh jonesing for something and this evoked that to me in a lot of ways um but uh yeah no this is this this is um the premise is you've got um 20 assassins that were introduced to in this awesome uh wizard magazine style rating system where the number one ranked worldwide assassin is fernando uh, and it goes all the way down to number 20, who is the <laughs> aforementioned fuck Tarkington. And uh, <laughs> and he's 20, go, 20 going down. He is heading down. Yeah. Yes. And um, then we're introduced to a crime boss, a mob boss, if you will. But before he was the boss, he was the world's best assassin, bar none. And I guess because he's now the boss, they don't let him kill people. Um, or take hits out because I guess they have to keep his his hands clean. I don't know why, but but to whatever extent, now as the boss, somebody has got a hit out on him. He's been uh, there's been three attempts on his life in the last week, and he's having none of it. So he decides to hire uh, the tw- the top twenty assassins in the world to be his bodyguards because he figures who better to protect him from an assassin but the world's best assassins. So he gets them all to show up to his crib, to a meeting room, and uh, the hijinks ensue. There's a lot of dick measuring, a lot of uh, a lot of um, you know measuring each other up, trying to figure out who's who. There's some old school people that uh, are legends. There's some new school people that um, don't really. It's clear the others don't know much about. And like any good. Uh, anytime you put a bunch of badasses in a room, you're going to get a Mexican standoff. And that's basically what happens in this first issue. Um, when he pitches them to come to work for him, it's clear that some of them have already taken an offer to assassinate him. So they're in on the hit. And that leads to an absolute uh, balls to the wall melee of, of shooting and killing uh, where roughly it looks like about two thirds of them get killed. I'd say give or take it's not, there's not a clear body count, but, but a good chunk of them are killed in the process and those left standing presumably are ready to take him up on his offer and, uh, and, and be his bodyguards. Um, it's a relatively simple, straightforward first issue, but, uh, I've really enjoyed it. And I have to say that I think a big part of it, um, is, is the choice of artists. Erica Henderson 
uh, is probably best known to our listeners as the co-creator of the uh, Squirrel Girl comic. Um, I, I didn't read that comic, so I'm not all that familiar with her uh, work, but I know she is beloved by her peers. And she has got a very clean, cutesy, cartoony style, not dissimilar to, say, um, what you might find in a modern Archie comic. So I think that juxtaposed against this ultra-violent, over-the-top satire of assassins works well. I, I always I think visually juxta, juxtaposing styles versus themes is a, is a fun is fun if it's done right. So uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm definitely all aboard because Kyle Starks just cracks me up. He just you know humor is extremely subjective, but yeah. for whatever reason, Kyle Starks hits my funny bone. Yep, I I totally agree. I like the wrinkles in the story. How when Rankin brings the 19 assassins in one of them is a man named Maxwell Bishop who was the man who took the title away right. from, from Rankin, which is, is cool. And he seems like a, um, just a, an average ordinary guy, but he's got skills because when, as Jason said, when the, when the poop hit the fan, Bishop takes out one guy, uh, takes out three guys with one bullet <laughs> with his golden gun. And did you notice the sound effects? Yes. 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 They're all genre film related. Yeah. Very cool. Tro- I know you. You. You marked out with the oh, trauma. Oh, the trauma. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The trauma and the scanners did because mm-hmm. Cronenberg's my man. But uh, when the bullet pierces all three heads, it says it says trauma, as and we all know trauma. Mm-hmm. Independent cinema. Yeah. No, I thought it was great, and and I also I like. I'm hearing Fernando in my head. Because Fernando speaks in the third person, and yeah. and I'm thinking um, Mike Wazowski, the, okay, the guy who who uh, did the the vocal for Mike Wazowski in the Monsters Inc. <laughs> Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, because Billy, oh, Mike Billy Crystal. Yeah, I'm sorry, I thought you were thinking of a, um, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Billy Crystal had the mm-hmm. Fernando character, and Fernando right, spoke, right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it's it's great. bloody as hell. It's um you know the language is is adult but it's force yeah it's man it's, super fun issue it is it really is it it's um yeah Kyle he, he's not um it's the same way I find um brownie funny I just I I I like that that listen this makes me laugh if it makes you laugh, cool. If it doesn't, I'm writing the book for myself. So right, this right. is as, as long as I'm having fun. Hopefully, you're along for the ride. And I, I agree with you, Jason. Henderson's work um, is really fitting on this. This isn't this this. Um, I I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the look and read of this more than I did. Die die die. And and I think that. Um, it all depends. On, it, the context is everything, and 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 how it's how it's presented. And I mean, you start off with rankings of you know the twenty best mm-hmm. assassins in the world, and it's like, and and it just goes. It's it's um, it, it it's just it's nuts. It's not something that's going to take itself take itself too seriously. It's it's something where you know if um, you can just uh, really have a um have a good time with it, i think all the characters as as crazy as they are i don't get too attached to anybody really in this first issue but um you know the names are insane what happens to them 
is crazy. But what happens in this first issue is something that you probably would expect towards the the climax or or Mm -hmm. the penultimate issue of a series. It's just, I mean, this is whoever's left standing now is, is, you know, and and who's to say this won't be halved in the next issue. It's just, it's, it's nuts. I, um, and it's not just that someone is after Rankin. It's, it's, we also have the added story of Bishop and, and it's, it's all, you know, whether it comes to a head or things go somewhere, it's, um, I trust Starks and, um, I'm in now. I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I I saw it on the shelf yesterday, and I I know that um, for the patrons in the Slack channel, we have our um, yeah, every week we 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 post the new releases. What's coming out that Wednesday, and we do the top five, whatever you're looking forward to the most. And um, pretty much almost everybody who participated yesterday had assassination on their list. And it completely flew by me in previews a couple months ago. And then when I got to the shop and I saw that Starks was the writer, I was like, okay, well then I'm going to, I flipped through it real quick and I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this is coming home with me. It just, it, I enjoyed it a lot. So if anybody else was sleeping on it or, or was, uh, was unaware of it, um, I think the three of us all definitely telling you to, to pick it up. Yeah. Just so you get a little uh, insight into the kind of humor that's going on here. Now, picture a room filled with the the nineteen deadliest assassins in the world. They're they're, they're hardened killers. They're they're tough criminals, right? And you have a guy named Dave who's going around asking for autographs, <laughs> right? Yeah. And of course, Fernando he writes "fuck off, cabron" on yeah. the paper. But fuck Tarkington, <laughs> he writes. Morad. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> D-H-X. D-A-Y-B. Yeah, your pal fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but but when the first it's, person he asks It's hysterical. Um, he's like, you know, can you um can you can can you make it out to Dave? D-A. And he goes, I know how to fucking spell it. I was educated by a goddamn US public school system. You think the US public school system made dummies? And it's and of course it's the dude wearing the fucking American flag jacket. It's just, it's mm-hmm. yeah. So, so everybody's kind of dialed up to 11 as far as the, their attitude, but it's, um, I mean, they're assassins, but it's all, it, it's just, it's, you got the one dude who's dressed like chuckles from GI Joe, with his little pineapple Hawaiian shirt. It's just, there's, there's, um, there's some freaky dudes. There, there are people who you probably, you know, be next to in an elevator and not think anything about it. And then there are some other characters who are just like you would definitely change blocks to walk away from them. It's <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic. It, it's a great setup, and I, I mean, it, and we've we've read plenty of books with assassins in them before, but you know, seeing that Carl Kyle Starks wants to uh, do something with with the concept is um, is definitely a. Well, we'll see if it's a cause for celebration. After the first issue, I think it is. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm psyched to see where it's going. Yeah. And there's an assassin that looks very much like the thin white duke, and his name is David Bowie Knife. Yes. Yes. yes how yes. how can you? T- I mean, fuck Tarkington's the best, but it's really tough to top David Rumble Bowie Knife. Patch. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, the, yeah. No. There's some great names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's superb. It's a hoot. It is. It's it really a, is. Absolutely. 
Brutal as hell, though. Wow. Which is headshot, headshots all over the place. We won't spoil it, but there's a really nice headshot in here. <laughs> yeah. Super. So image is one for two with me. Right now. Four. Right now. Right now. One for two, but we've only talked about one. Right. Well, we're going to talk about two. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Should we save it for last? It's up to you. I don't care. Well, you know what? I want to hear the thing that you guys were going to tag on, which I probably didn't read. Oh, there's no way in hell you read it. What was I'm this? not even sure what it is. I don't know. Which one is it? It's from Marvel. Came out yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. You start. I just I just riffed on the other one. Start us off. Uh, so I am way, way, way behind um, on the previous Miss Marvel volume uh, that was recently wrapped up by G. Willow Wilson uh, and company. There were a bunch of people, I think, on the last issue. Um, so the title's been relaunched. Um, this would be the 58th issue where the series is going to, where the original series is going to continue. Uh, but this is the magnificent Miss Marvel number one, uh, written by Saladin Ahmed, who Vince talked about a couple weeks ago with the amazing Spider-Man annual. Uh, your penciler is Minkyu Jung. Uh, anchor is Juan Blasco color by Ian Herring. And, um, I am familiar with, Kamala Khan. I um, haven't read every story she's been in. I know she's the leader of the champions. Um, she is a very smart woman who um, one thing is apparent in this issue is, is which seems to be the, the, I don't know if it's a trend, but seems to be happening to most of our young heroes, at least in the Marvel universe. Um, but she lives in Jersey city. With her parents, with her mother and father, uh, typical young woman with um, with friends and and uh, and possibly a love interest, and uh, she her powers were triggered by the Terrigen Mist, and um, she uh, she she has. Um, did you say ability- she was Muslim? I'm sorry. Did you? I did not. But yes, okay. she is Muslim. Um, and uh, and and her power, she has polymorph powers, so she can basically embiggen her fist and 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 other parts. She can just almost like a shapeshifter, but um, not to change her appearance, but just change parts of her body. And uh, I said, I, I think she's always been. I, she's a clever girl. I, I've never read anything she's been in where um, I found her arrogant or um abrasive and 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 off-putting she's she's always been stellar in everything i've read i've, I've really enjoyed it so i figured all right so so i've i've dropped the ball i'm way behind i have a lot of catching up to do with the with the first series um i don't want to make the same mistake so let me just dive right in and i think ahmed did a fantastic job and and and, he, and, and it was it's not a new trick with, with getting the reader up to speed um one of Kamala's friends uh, is is meeting her for lunch, and um, and and she hasn't seen Naki in a while. And so, while they're walking and talking, Kamala is basically bringing her up to speed, and and in doing so, bringing the reader up to speed on what's been going on. So this is, as far as I'm concerned, a fantastic jumping on point because as someone who is months behind in any of her adventures, I 
don't need to have known everything that's been going on in the past couple of years. I can just move forward with this. And there's also a new twist because as is mentioned, um, this, this trend seems to be, um, and, 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 and spoilers for a 24 hour comic. There, there's a, um, she, she's the only person aside from basically her, her, her male best friend, Bruno, um, the only other person who knows, I'm sorry, the only other two people who know she's Miss Marvel is her friend Nakia and her mother. And uh, her mother was basically sworn to secrecy. Unfortunately, her mother could no longer keep that secret and told her husband. So now Kamala's mother and father both know she's Miss Marvel. Um, and it kind of goes as well as you would think it's it's it may be it, it was tough for for kamala to hear um but i think as uh, i'm not a parent but as a, a, not a parent of, of, of a youngster but as as i would i would think that this is how a parent would react if 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 their teenage child was um a superhero and and putting themselves in in the path of danger on, on a daily basis but um there's also a fantastic cliffhanger and, and um, so, so there's a bit of a mystery and, and we'll, you know, very similar, I think to, to when her first series started with, with, with the, the problem she was trying to, to figure out. And then Wolverine was involved in the big bad that was involved, but it, it very much felt like any other Miss Marvel comic I've read to date. And, um, and, and I think, Solid has a fantastic um, handle on the character, and and as far as putting her in these situations um, with this first issue, I I really have no complaints. I um, I'm I'm really pleased with it. I don't um, you know. And I also I'm, I'm waiting for for the upcoming Marvel team up where she's front and center with with, with Spidey uh, with, with the Peter Parker Spider Man. So I'm. I'm loving all of the, uh, and it's not new. It's not like Kamala's like being thrown in your face all of a sudden. She's, she's in a lot of books these days, it seems, but, um, I re and, and, and the art I thought was, um, handled everything well too. I, I, I think it moved the story along. I think the, uh, I, I, I think that, uh, between the, um, uh, make you and, and, Wands inks. I think they um, they got everything between expressions and 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 the action. I thought the sequentials were pretty good. I really just I, I, I'm talking about the technical things because I don't want to really go deep deep into the story and, and give everything away. But I, I, as far as some of the beats, I think everything worked really well for this first issue. So as as someone who like I said, is way behind on what's been going on in Miss Marvel's life. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with this first issue. I, I don't feel lost at all. And I think, uh, I think she's in some very, I think Kabbalah Khan is in some very capable hands right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're eloquent tonight, my friend. Well, uh, I don't have much to add really. I, I mean, I, I agree with, with what you've been saying. I, uh, I don't know when you say you're behind how far you're behind you are. I feel like I was pretty, 
pretty up to date. I, I definitely have a few issues here at the of the G Willow Wilson that are sitting on a to read pile. Um, but I do agree with you. I mean, this is from in terms of how to craft a number one, which is really just a, a renumbering of an ongoing series. This is the way to do it because it really is a, a, a you you need absolutely nothing um, prior to to pick this up. Um, there's enough there for those that have read the prior run that it feels like home, but you don't need it. And even little mechanics like, you know, they get to her origin story by having her sit down with her friend for coffee and her friend saying, Hey, you've never, you know, it's about time you're, you've been meaning to tell me how you got these powers, you know? And so it's a, it's a mechanism. Sure. It's a conceit, but, but I thought it was well handled versus just, Giving us a recap page. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I thought it was terrific. I, um, I agree. I think the art was on point, very evocative of the art we got in the prior run. Um, it's just nice and clean. I I think she's a great character. I think she's a great character for lots of reasons and that, uh, I'm not going to get into this debate, but there's been a lot of debate about Marvel's push over the last five years to recreate some of the characters and, some vibed on Jane Foster Thor, some didn't. Some vibed on Riri, some didn't. But the thing I'll say about Kamala over those other characters, and I, I really enjoyed Jane Foster Thor. I'm not smirk. But one thing I'll say about her is she's genuinely new, right? I mean, she she yes, she has a name that evokes prior characters, but but her power set, her look, her background, her ethnicity, her really like it's all new. That yeah. that is so so, and I think that's the better way, frankly. Like, give us new characters, right? Don't don't. I, I would prefer that. I mean, if I had, if I was editor in chief, I would I would say promote awesome new characters that 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 show a more inclusive world, right? Than than retconning characters. So I think she's great in that regard too. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love her to death. I, I think she's a, a fixture um, in the Marvel U. I think she's one of the more successful characters of the last 10, 20 years in terms of. Staying power. She's like you said. She's been an Avenger already. She's a member yeah. of the champion. She's the leader of the champions. Um, um, you know, she's in three or four books a month right now. So, uh, and and I believe, although we don't see these numbers from what I've heard from friends, quote unquote, that that know these things. Uh, you know, she is one of the more popular digital characters for Marvel. Um, nice. So yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a fun, a perfect jumping on point to a, a great character. The only thing that was, and and I don't. I don't think it's like this in the Miles Morales Spider-Man, but for whatever reason, um, this this book note is not. It's all it's all uppercase. The the Miss Marvel is the letters are um, are case sensitive, as if it's a Warren Ellis or an Ultimate title, where it's it's oh, it's, right. it's that that type of uh, proper formatting without the whole everything in uppercase word balloons, mm-hmm. but um, which generally gives it the sense that I mean it used to be. If anybody was at that text, it was an Ultimate Universe title or a Warren Ellis book. But here, it's just I'm not sure what the um, what the reasoning was behind going mm-hmm. with that way, because um, I don't even know what it's like in the IDW Marvel action books. Uh, but it's it doesn't it doesn't cheapen it in any way. It was just it was one of those things that just caught me off off guard. I thought maybe it was like for a flashback, but it was for the entire issue. And I was like, okay, that's that's a style choice. But other than that, um which that's not even a complaint. That's just one thing that's that's different than than just about every other Marvel book on on the stands right now. But sure. Yeah, no, everything else Jason um Jason added I co sign. 
All right, we're two for two. Sweet. Yeah. Let's keep the streak going. All right. Well, it's going to be really hard to top this one in my book because this was undoubtedly not only the best thing that I read this week, but I think this is the best first issue to come out all year long so far. Mm. So far. In, in all three months? If it's so, the book hey. that I think you're talking about, I agree because it's the one that I, I had to correct myself when I said Assassination was my favorite. I, I right. had to move it down to two. Yeah. A lot of books come out in three months, mm-hmm. and uh, this issue really spun my head around. It was written by Darcy Van Polgeest, illustrated by Ian Bertram with color Word. art by Matt Hollingsworth. And I had to stop myself because every time I mention this book, I call it something that it's not. The title of the book is called Little Bird, number one. But because I'm so obsessed with Hendrix, I was calling it Little Wing, and it's not. It's it's Little Bird, number one. Right. And um, it is a version of the uh, the United States where it has become a theocracy. Oof. Now, there's there's no time period mentioned we don't know when this happened it could be you know uh it could be an alternate earth there's really no specific time and place that it's in which the story takes place but rest assured it is the united states that has become a theocracy and it's called the united nations of america and uh i'm assuming that the capital is called the new vatican right mm-hmm. that'd be my guess and you have a couple of authority figures uh to which we're introduced, one called the Reverend Mother, this uh, obese. Like a, like Baron Harkonnen as a woman. Kind of, yeah. But she's, I mean, not as, doesn't have weeping sores, but, um, no, she, but she floats obese around. Obese and floating around. Yeah, yeah, in a bubble type thing. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a man, a male counterpart. Um, man, baby. Called the Bishop. And we don't know, I'm assuming the uh, Reverend Mother on, and, and the food chain is higher up than the bishop because she summons him, right? I don't know though. She's deferential to him though. I think I take it more like she's the regent, like he's the she, you know she's either he's either her son, but but that he's he's the ruler and she's just making sure that he's got his shit together. Okay, All right. But I don't know. We'll find out. I'm sure. Because yeah, or, yes, it's true. Um, but the the deal is the United Nations. Of America hopes to crush a Canadian rebellion, those heathen bastards, and the rebellions led by a woman named Tantu. And and this is where the issue begins. You have Tantu on this giant structure, and she's rallying her people for war because you know the time is very short, and she could just feel it, and that the United Nations are going to come crush her and her her daughter. Little Bird is, is standing there listening to her, and, and Tantu takes her daughter, and um brief moment, she places the daughter in a camouflaged underground bunker. And she entrusts the daughter with uh, a number of items, a watch and a map to someone called the Axe. And she's given a task. She said, you know, you have to find the Axe and tell him that hope exists. So the little girl, little little bird, goes into the bunker. And uh, throughout the course of the issue, I'm wondering, why do they call this child little bird? And it's very subtle. But she doesn't have hair. She has feathers. 
during the course of battle, she's she's running around and she's doing her thing and she's acrobatic and tumbling and 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 follicles come out of her head, but they're not hair; they're they're feathers. So that I mean that's that's came to me on the second reading because I wasn't really paying attention to the to the minuscule the you know the minutia of this thing going through because I was just trying to make sense of the story and it, and it's it's fairly it's fairly complex, right? So mm-hmm. three days later, battle's over. Little Bird emerges from her bunker to find her village destroyed. On fire, giant blast marks everywhere, and all of the people are slain. But her mother is gone. So where's mommy, right? The bishop has her. The bishop has her in prison. She's all chained up and she's um, in a pissed off mood. And, and, and he needs something from her. Uh, something that may save the life of his son Gabriel, and this is where it gets not so specific. But there's talk of something called the resurrection gene, and uh, Mother or not Mother Superior, the Reverend Mother calls it uh, dark science, and it has something to do with manufactured immortality. But I mean, they're very um, stingy with fleshing out exactly what's going on here. But I'm sure they will over the course of. However, five issues, I think, this first mm-hmm. arc goes. Um, so Little Bird has this map, and she's she's going to find the axe, and it leads her to some place called the Northern Guard Penitentiary for Genetically Modified Beings. And boy, is it ever, because this place is loaded with really cool-designed mutants, um, altered humans. Uh, again, we don't know the specifics yet, but she finds the axe's weapon, and she's pretty instrumental in, in freeing him. I'm not going to get into how she gets into the compound because I think that should be read by the you know someone new to the series. Uh, she she takes a number of steps to get into the compound, both of which are amazing. And um, but she, the accent and Little Bird don't know this, but the bishop has enlisted a squad called the Army of Twelve, which is a highly efficient strike team, and. They're tasked with destroying everyone in the complex. Everyone, specifically the axe, but it's a scorched earth policy. Go in, take them all out, right? And and the axe and Little Bird are very effective in eliminating the army of 12. The pages delineating the battle are amazing. And one of the things I liked the, the most about this issue is there's a meter to it. The The opening war... You maybe get three, four panels per page, and then, you know, there's a beat to this book. But when the axe and little bird are taking out the the army of 12, I mean, it just goes, you could, it's like a drum solo. There's panels all over the place, and they're, they're um, irregularly shaped, and it's uh, beautifully scratchy, and there's sound effects everywhere, and little tiny feathers flying all over the place. It's, it's a real, it was a nice break from the, the bump, bump, bump beats of the, you know, first half of the issue. And then when this battle comes up, it's just like, you could, you know, it's like Gene Krupa. But, um, during this, this battle with the, the army of 12, Little Bird is shot through the throat by someone. Um, and, uh, acts brutally eliminates her attacker. And he, you know, he was justified in doing so. And so he's, he's getting his breath back and he's sitting there, whew, and he notices the the map. The axe is a really big guy, and and for what I what I've seen, he's 
not impervious to bullets, but he seems to shrug them off. Like you see the, the, the divot that the bullet makes in his skin and he's bleeding, but he's not going down. And, you know, bullets from everywhere are hitting this guy. And he's a mess. He's all scarred and shit. And he's shirtless. Um, but yeah, he's he, like the mountain from Game of Thrones, basically. Yeah, he doesn't die. The dude doesn't die. Yeah. But, so he, but he, he notices the map, right? And the watch. And that's when mentally he kind of drifts away, you know? And there's a lot more to this world and the particulars um, of the denizens to which we've been introduced. But I'm giddy. Giddy, I say, at the prospect of learning and experiencing more about this world. Because I thought it was, you know, to use that often ridiculed phrase, world building, this is a very compelling world. Like, you, if you start off with a theocracy, I already know who the bad guys are going in. Yes. Right? And um, this little girl is struggling to get, to generate what her mother called hope. So she goes to this mythical figure um who at one time wore a, a a canadian flag the the maple leaf on his chest so it's 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 kind of an us against them type scenario and and you have the belief system of a group of people being squashed by um a a very fashionable belief system uh and they don't question anything it's like this is the way it is because this is and it, it just seems like this this story is kind of a uh, runs parallel to a lot of things we're seeing today, and that the the beliefs are unquestioned, and it gets it's a way of getting something over on other people. If you say we can't do this, well, why? Because you know God wills it. God wills you know you can't do that because it's a sin against God, and it's like a nice, it's a giant haloed baseball bat. That, you know, if you want to uh, smash a, a group of people into line, you just believe God's on your side and, you, you know, you're invincible, you know. So I, I thought it was amazing. It's just an amazing first issue. But as compelling as the the story and the world is. I was going to say, burying the lead here. No, the, the artwork by, by Ian Bertram is Ooh. just delicious. I, I, I mean, this is going to be, it's going to sound like minestrone. All the all this kind of stuff thrown in the soup, but I saw a little bit of Anki Bailal here and there, a little bit of Airtight Garage era Mobius. There, yes, there's I, mm-hmm. there's a Frank Quitely vibe, and there's oh, also sure. and, a, and a Raphael Grandpa parts yes, look look like a lot like yeah. Grandpa. So it's just yeah. it's like a stew, right? And, Where and a Stoko, it's all it's at that same school. Yeah, yeah, and and it, there's a blizzard. Of marks on some pages, and then there's other panels where Bertram would just let the line, just a nice flowing, mm-hmm. you know, single line here and there. It, I, it was absolutely stunning, gobsmacked. Completely, how- completely unrealistic anatomy in the most perfect way. Right. Yep. You know, um, and and I was floored by the art because uh, people know that listen that we we're we're tight with our man Felix Lou. Felix Comic Art and spend a decent chunk of time at cons hanging out with he and his artist crew who are uh, many of them Scotty Young is one of them as well but uh, but Ian Ian Bertram is one of, of Felix's crew and so I was familiar with his art style very much and in fact uh, you mentioned quietly I, I viewed him along with um, Ramon Villalobos who also is a Felix guy as being very much quietly acolytes 
mean, they have their own style, so I don't want to diminish them. But but I think if you were to see them out of context, you'd say, oh, they're 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 Frank Quietly guys, like they were inspired by Quietly. Um, but th- there's a huge difference between being a great commission artist and having sequential chops. And there are people that can draw awesome commissions but can't draw up interior of a comic book to save their life. There are people that tell great sequential stories that I don't think are all that strong with a single image. Um, now, obviously, many are good at both. I didn't know where Ian was on the sequentials because I had never seen him draw a comic book before. But, my God, is he a great storyteller. Well, he, um, you, I don't think you read Batman Eternal. I did not. Yeah, he did some of that. And okay. he did that House of Penance graphic novel that came out of, I believe, Dark Horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. And his, uh, I'm I looking like at. I read that. I just didn't remember it was him. Yeah, I'm looking at his pages. They're mm-hmm. stupid cheap, like ridiculously cheap. Well, these probably won't be, but no, I, I don't think so. But um, I mean, the House but, of Penance page, yeah, they're 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 very affordable. Let's just put it that you way. You know, you know what this felt like to me. I have it in, in my notes here. This felt a lot like a Yodor, like a Yodorowsky Mobius or Yodorowsky Metabarons type of a book. It, it's nowhere near as. Uh, it's more accessible than that. It's not cluttered like I, I'm saying. It's, I, yeah, it's, it's, I love Yodorowsky. It's, it's not high concept. I mean, we're all Yodorowsky fans. It, it's Yodorowsky is uh, is impenetrable at times. Mm. Yeah, for for many, you know. Yeah, no, you're um, right. You're right. Yeah, this is not impenetrable, but it, it just it did evoke to me that same sensibility, the same the setting, the sense, the the art, the art style, the pace, um, it, it, the, the 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 it's steeped in this. It's 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 futuristic sci-fi, but it's also nihilistic and it's also bizarre, right? And like the yeah. the anatomy. I mean, God. I mean, one of my favorite images, and I would buy this page in a heartbeat, um, is is the one where the I don't even know what they are. The little cherub guardian, yes, little babies open up their coats, and under their coats are just just tons of organic tentacles and 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 sharp knives and everything. It's just. Yeah. It just it, it boggles the mind. I mean, I, I'd love to know. I mean, Ian's got to have some dark, dark places in his subconscious to come up with these visuals. Right. Well, that's the thing. The, there, there are specifics about these characters that are not revealed, like those floating, hairless, children-looking things with the cockroach arms and the entrails under their their uh, their habits. Like it's it's disturbing. But then you get the bishop who looks like. He may bathe in blood. Mm-hmm. He's in a, a giant tub, and it, there's all. Mm-hmm. It looks like entrails just just. And he's hanging. obsessed with his his appearance being youthful, so he's older yeah. than he's so not he, a young guy because he keeps he shaved he shaved they shave his head so that he looks younger. Yeah, you get a little bit of a Elizabeth Bathory type thing going on where he thinks bathing in the blood of of. Uh, you know, human blood is going to turn back the clock or something. Now, now I, y'all, I guess we all presume she's not dead, right? I mean, the book's named after her. I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think she's dead. What a trip that would be if they kill off the name character in the first issue, though, right? True. Wouldn't that be an absolute baffling? I mean, talk about something you don't expect. I, I wouldn't put it past them, but. She's so intriguing, though. I'd be disappointed. Yeah, yeah I could see being disappointed, but I mean, she, it, it, to some degree, she she served her purpose. She, no, I know. You know she was mom, the, mom kept the her in the bunker, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, he could just so, so the ex could just be carrying on from from where the 
picking up the, the baton, but um, or resuming his work. But um, it's it 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 also it made me feel that um, her legend lives on, even though she's gone. It, mm-hmm. It's it's little bird that brought the that that caused the the north to be freed again and 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 saving the world and um so yeah while while i'd be a little surprised if they kill her off for this for this story i based on how everybody else reacts to to um violence seems kind of it it, there there seems to be a definite ending i i mean although you know homeboy would would certain characters with missing lives and things like that. But um, based on her reaction, the axe's reaction, and then uh, we last see her in the snow as, as, uh, as the axe leaves her. I, I guess I'd be for the purpose of the story for these five chapters, I'd be okay if, her story, her, her physical story ended with this first issue, but yeah, um, I, I don't think so because the, the penitentiary for genetically modified beings, I mean, the title alone. Yeah, no, they have, I mean, they've, they've, they've written themselves away to, to bring her back to, to whether they want to, you know, turn to a Messiah or something like that. It, it's, it's, it can be, they've, they, there's the possibilities are practically endless. For, for for this for this story for this world, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I I think, and she has feathers, I, and she know. has feathers. So it, she's it's, not it's, entirely human. She's got feathers for hair, she, and, right, and, and her name is Little Bird. Modified, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. so I'm thinking, you know, maybe she can take a, a shot through the neck. Entirely possible. Well, yeah. and that's why you, when you were talking about the way that she was fighting, I love that because if she is bird-like she probably has light hollow bones right and she it's probably right. very easy for her to to jump and to move around so i think that's super neat and yeah. yes I, I i'm i'm assuming she's not dead i i, I assume yeah. he's going to either get her to a place where she can get treatment or she can end up taking a bullet who knows but right yes the, the next issue he'll he's still sitting there moping and, and she comes up behind him so it's she's like what up no yeah right so like i was just napping but um no, it's it's an absolutely fantastic first issue. I I, I love the packaging for it. Um, we we really do have to emphasize the fact that uh, if if you weren't it, like most image books, if if you were deciding to you know oh it's 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 part one of five and I'm just going to wait for that first trade because it's going to be ten bucks, you're going to have to wait a while because in the back matter. Um, Darcy states that uh, it's um, it's it it's not going to be collected in a typical, although I should I say in a typical trade paperback anytime in the near future. So the most immediate and cost-effective way to read the story is going to be right here in the individual issues. Um, so make sure you do get those those individual issues. I. I mean, three huge thumbs up. This is the, of, of all the ones we've talked about. This is the one that you need to make sure you get if you haven't. Absolutely. This is this has the. Uh, it's funny when this book was solicited. Uh, I, I listened to uh, another podcast called uh, Contest of Challengers, which is 
our uh, our friends that own Challengers and and Comics and Conversation uh, in Chicago, Patrick and Dow. It's they just they basically talk about retailing, and I find that fascinating. Um, and when this book was solicited, they took a bit of fun with it because I think, however, Image pitched it to them. They they said it was something like the you know uh, a, a book as profound as Mobius meets uh, I don't know if it was why the last move. So, you know, it was, basically it was comparing itself to two all time classic comics, right? And they were at the time saying, "Wow, talk about bravado!" I mean, that's that's big talk, but. Then they they got their copies this week and they gushed about it and I think we would echo that. I mean, this is it's only the first issue and lots of books have strong starts and don't don't carry on that momentum. But wow, this is uh, this 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 could be something special. It really yep, could be absolutely. Yep. There's and, a lot of lot of subtle. Oh, go ahead. No, there's um there there may be some panels where because of of the setting, um, Ian may not put a whole like obviously when they're riding in an elevator, it's just a plain blue background, but. If you think that there may be an opposite, that page is is basically a rubber room with nothing but detail. But but there are pages where there's nothing but panels upon panels upon. I mean, this is a a dense. This is not a book you're going to to read quickly. Um, you're you're forced to not just read what Darcy has written, but Ian's telling this story and, and, and your eyes are forced to just follow the characters along and, and, and you're not going to be able to just zip your eyes across the page and then turn on to the next one. This, this, you have to soak this in. It's, it's a, uh, it's meaty as hell. True that. What were you saying? I was going to say it's a subtle book too. I mean, for all of its explicit violence, they take the time to like the, during the battle with the the, the twelve, and the axe is, is swinging his axe. It's what he does. There's a, a long horizontal panel that's underlaid that shows him while he was younger doing the exact yep. same thing. So there, there's like a legacy. There's an air of of legacy to it that like yeah this and it, they it's not the only time they do it it's it's done in, in another instance in the book and I just think it's really smart to to show um, different versions of the same character because then we we get it kind of like a, a midpoint and an endpoint for them or or that was then this is now it just adds more more layers to the to the proceedings like they. They have this all planned out, it seems, and it's just stupid dense, ridiculously dense. And I think it is. the bishop is a, a sexual freak, too. Oh, oh big time. Sure, yeah, absolutely. because when, when Tantu's got her legs around him, she's trying to crush the life out of him. He's digging it. Yeah, he's, he's digging it. By the way, talk about uh, odd timing. Um, Felix just texted me. Oh, <laughs> and it turns out that uh, fun fact talk about us reading it right he said this was supposed to be a French bond de Sene, and for reasons he didn't tell me here uh, it was uh, it didn't happen so they had to turn it into single issues at image and it ended up being seamless cutting it up that way so that's pretty neat so we were spot on in the in how it evokes that feeling because it was meant to be. So it's finished. Yeah, yeah, I think it's done. 
I Whoa. think it is just five. I think I think it's just yeah. A it's a, it's a limited series, right? But all five issues are complete. Hence the Correct. fact that they they slice it up. That's amazing. It's going to come out mm-hmm. like clockwork. That's that's great. And it's also, I mean, it's something that they've mentioned in in, in the back as well that it's it's been something that uh, Darcy and Ian have been working on for several years. Also, it's an oversized issue. Yes, indeed. Which is very and smart. let's not give short shrift to Hollingsworth on the colors either because oh no they're great yep yep and he bounces back from pastels and and earth tones to to shocking high chroma color it's it's really well done all around mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. sick sick bro I think that's kind of neat that it was originally intended to be a uh, uh, bandesine and then in the back matter you know what. This is not going to be collected anytime soon. So it's like we intended it to be read in a certain format. But you know what? That format, forget it. Because it's coming yep. out in single issues and that's yep. where you're going to have to read it. Damn skippy, Bippy. I like that attitude. Fuck yeah. Yep. Yeah. So three huge thumbs up. Yep. Gigantic. Yeah. True that. Now, Vince. Yes, my friend. I don't know how to feel about the fact that in all of our gushing about number ones, a number one I would have thought you'd be clamoring to talk about hasn't gotten mentioned yet, and I'm scared that maybe that means that you don't like the new launch. Hmm. Well, I think your fears are a little uh, well-founded because I didn't exactly care for Angel Hernandez's work on this. I thought it was... A little too geometric, a little too airy. Um, And, of course, we are talking about Transformers number one that just came out from IDW. Yes. Written by Brian Ruckley with art by Angel Hernandez and Cashin. And are they new to the Transformers world? Mm, I don't believe I've seen the Cachet Whitman, which I thought were the best pages in the issue. But I have seen Angel Hernandez's work before. What about the writer? Uh, Brian Ruckley. Don't think so, but I, I could be wrong. As I said, I have a huge. Prior to Unicron, I have a nice gap that I haven't read yet, so I got to get to that. But I I didn't read it, so I may be doing the art a disservice. But at first blush, I'm not particularly crazy about the uh, the artwork. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Well, no doubt I'm coming at this from a different place than you because I am not steeped in the 10 years of lore, but it was a swing and a miss for me. Mm. It, it, uh, I guess I, I want, I understand that we don't have to be steeped in 20 years of continuity and, and political machinations at the start of a new run. I get that, but. Uh, this felt just a little too light for me. Now I know it ended on a cl- on a cliffhanger, so I'm not. But I, I, it was a little too. Hey, pals, let's be. I, I don't know. I, I, it just wasn't. I wanted to be grand and epic and feel huge, and it just it felt small to me. And that's how the book was constru- was structured. It was it was basically a story of this this new. Is his name Rumble? Right, that's his name. Yeah. Is he new? No. For this. Oh no! Okay. Well, we're introduced to Rumble, who's I guess just been born, or of sorts. Um, 
Ooh. What? What was that? Okay, that's that's odd. Number one, going in, but because there's a, um, I mean, there's a transformer called Rumble. Right, but this is a reboot. So I'm saying he's just born to, in the in the comic. Yes, it's a reboot with Windblade, which is strange to begin with. Because right, I know I'm saying yeah. this is a complete reboot of the continuity. This this is this is back when Optimus is still a Ryan Pax. And Megatron and he are on basically senators of Cybertron. Clearly, Megatron is feeling some kind of way. They're not called the Decepticons. They're called the I, I should have written that, this down. Some other kind of cons. And they basically seem to be in an uprising political movement. Optimus tries to get Megatron. They meet, and he tries to get his old friend Megatron to um, tamp things down because he's about to make a big speech, which I guess is going to get people riled up. And Megatron basically tells him to go fuck himself. No surprise there. And then the other, and then while this is all going on, the other side, you've got like you said, Windblade, Bumblebee, and Rumble. And Rumble's just been born, or at least come to, doesn't know much about the world, and is mesmerized by the whole thing. And Bumblebee's trying to get him to a meeting that they're supposed to be having, uh, and they're going to be late. And Windblade tags along because she sees them while she flies by. Um, and then we get a cliffhanger at the end involving the person they were supposed to meet. Um, and it's all fine. I mean, I didn't dislike the issue. I didn't read it and say, ah, I mean, like, I, I didn't think it was crap. But um, coming off of the of the conclusion to the to the last run, which we talked about a few week, a week or two ago, right. it just didn't. It just felt too small, too intimate. You know. It also feels like the rehashing lore that they kind of went into in Unicron. I mean, the the whole. Um, and and in the Transformers Historia, that uh, Ryan, Pax, and Megatron were on an even keel for a long time, and it's it's with when they started to do the imperialism and start branching out and conquering and taking, you know, worlds into the Cybertronian Empire. That that's when they split. And I don't know. It's just I didn't know it was a complete reboot because there were events at the end of Unicron would suggest that some of these characters that we're seeing right here didn't didn't make it, right? Oh no, that was the that was the whole point. That was the whole point of of, of this is this is this is starting anew. Yeah. It's complete it's a complete restart of Transformers. Right. Based on rock solid mythology from what exists. Which is is a is a nice start, you know, but like I said, again I didn't read it. I just looked at the art and it was unfortunately because of of the art, which is not completely horrible. It's just not what I expected. That that's why it kind of fell a couple notches notches on the totem pole for me, and I didn't get to read it because the three books that I did read were visually um, more uh, enticing. Let's just say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I pre-ordered the first five, I think. Now, so yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm on. I'm I'm gonna. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna write them off after one issue. It's 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 daunting to have to start over something like the Transformers. But but I would have liked it to feel a little bit more high stakes. Right, right. And remember, uh, Transformers is double shipping, so we may be in the hole for six or eight. No, that's what I mean. I I think I bought one. It was one, and then two, three, and then four, five. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't don't know if I'm down with. I mean, obviously I'm down with the double shipping, but I don't know if that's such a good idea. It's it's like Marvel; it's going to ramp up the collections very quickly. 
which is maybe what they want. I, I don't I don't know, but double shipping in most cases is kind of a drag. Yeah. Yeah. So I I will read it for um next Wednesday. How about that? And maybe oh. we'll, maybe we'll talk about it. C'est c'est bon. Yeah. What nice. That, that is there. cool. The mothership. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we have? Ooh. Uh, what else do we have? Um, oh, well, continuing the number ones then. I'll. Um, bup, bup. I will. Uh, let me just make sure I have everything here. Do, 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 do. So, um, going back to the. Back to life. Back to life. Sunday funnies. Uh, obviously, isn't new this week, but uh, I spoke on Freedom Fighters, which was Vince's recommendation to me. Uh, Jason's Jason wanted me to read Die Number One. That's true. I did. By oh, it's on the last page on the first issue. Karen um, yes, Karen Gillen with. Um, with art by Stephanie Hans, mm-hmm. letters by Clayton Cowles. And um, I didn't finish listening to the episode yet, so I don't know if you guys went deep on this issue. Not at all. Uh, didn't okay. talk about it much at all. Okay. Um, I, you, you mentioned it. Uh, in passing mm-hmm. uh, a few, few episodes back as far yeah, Clay- as uh, the whole. Uh, yeah. Um, Exactly. It was uh, uh, Caleb uh, turned me onto it. And, okay. Yeah. Um, well, then how can you not like it? it it's a. Um, it, 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 it's it, it. We start off in 1991, and it is. Jason mentioned in in brief last time is that you know it takes place. Uh, the gist is this is a uh, this is a D and D party, um, and. Um, the characters all get together at a house, and um, you have uh, there, there's Chuck, there's Matthew, um, the uh, Ash is the one basically telling the story, uh, his sister and um, and Isabel and Saul. Saul and Ash uh, share a birthday, and um, so they all go to Saul's house to um, have their little party and uh soul brings them all it brings out dice each one is getting their own die um so once everybody tells soul who their character is what their character is their, their abilities uh he names them and hands out the die and um ash gets the four-sided die um matthew gets the d8 ash's sister gets uh the d10 saul's girlfriend more or less isabel she gets the 12-sided die and um and chuck is the nor gets the normal traditional six-sided die uh and saul the um the dungeon master gets the d20 and uh they start playing 
but Ash can't tell us. He can't say what happens next. Uh, but two hours later, Saul, Solomon's mom comes upstairs. Nobody's in the room. Everybody, it's gone. Flash forward to two years later, uh, there's a woman driving down the street, almost hits um, five kids, and um, recognizes them as being uh, five of the six kids who have gone missing. Um, one of which is now missing an arm. The one missing the arm is um, is Ash's sister. Uh, but she's like, "What? This the one wants to know what, what's happened to you. You know, where, where have you been? What's going on? Why is there only five of you?" One of you's missing, uh, and all Ash says is, "I can't say." And that—that's a recurring theme. Then we cut to twenty-five years later, and it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's Ash's birthday, and um, Sophie uh, is his significant other. Are they married, or are they just? But so 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 Sophie, his his woman. Um, she uh there's this thing now where you know they don't he doesn't want any gifts at, at his birthday is a pretty dark day as far as he's concerned so uh so it's a pretty low-key day until uh solomon's mother shows up at the door pleading yet again to um for him to tell her what happened to her son where is he what can you tell me and he still can't say anything um so that night they um they uh ash and his sister angela meet for a drink they um kind of just chat for a bit but the bartender turns around gives ash a gift and and he says um yeah this was delivered to you and uh, this was delivered for you It it was it was um it was brought to the bar, so this is for you. And and he opens up the package, and it's the twenty sided die, blood stained, twenty sided die. Um, and uh, Ash runs outside. He's going to destroy it, but can't bring himself to. And decides that uh, this is a decision that all five of them need to make uh so we get a quick little rundown on what everybody's been up to in these past 25 years um they all decide that um they're they're they can't bring it to the police they uh um they can throw it in a fire uh but you know they should all decide together what they're going to do um and all of a sudden with all of them present um the die basically transports them and uh they're now basically back where they've been for the past uh where they were for the two years they they've been missing um and they are at the end of the issue face to face with Saul, who is, of course, um, the dungeon master and, and the game isn't over. And that's why they were all brought back. And um, 
for whatever reason, I enjoyed this issue way more than I thought I would. And it's to the point where I went and grabbed the, uh, I went back through past emails and grabbed the image PDF so I could read the next couple of issues, which I have. I just haven't yet, but I, um, I kind of want to see where this is going. I, I, um, so, so thank you, Jason. I didn't know, like I said, really had no idea, but, um, I mean, the art's cool and all, but basically it's kind of where, 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 where Gillen, I think the characters that Gillen created here, um, I want to see kind of what happens to them. I'm really not rooting for anybody, but the story kind of has me, has me really intrigued. So um, I'm going to go along at least for the next few issues. There you go. See, I feel vindicated now because Vince hated it. <laughs> I think I, I don't think hate is a strong enough word. Wow! If, if I could go, it. if I could go back in time and and get back that that twenty minutes to half hour that I wasted on it, I, I would wow, definitely do it. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I mean, it, was it just? I mean, I, I think I, I think the story's cliched. I think the artwork, the artwork was the major stumbling block for me. I think the artwork is just. I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't like anything it, about it. It fits the story, but it's... Your artwork was too CG and glossy for you, right? The, the color palette, what was there, was too muddy mm-hmm. and, and murky. I just didn't... And it was digital out the ass. You know, you're I, basically I, saying you hate Caleb, right? I, 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 <laughs> no, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I, I, I detested the issue. I didn't like it at all. Well, you made that very clear the last time we talked about yeah. it. The, the coloring reminded me of a lot of, of, of the innovation books, Interview with a Vampire or Quantum Leap, things like that. It, it, it kind of harkened back to that color-wise. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, the, the art isn't really what is causing me to to want to see where it's going but uh i mean the story is the story so if if, if you're definitely not grooving to that then there's the, there's nothing else to no with. i mean from this from the same guy who's writing peter cannon thunderbolt one is a, a borderline yep. masterpiece so far and this was just i know not good it it, it happens I, you know i it mean more we have i mean they're, they're they're really cool stories that you know i mean warren ellis wrote transmit and planetary and and global frequency but you know he also wrote new universal so it's not everything's going to be a home run sure so. sure now did you dislike as did you dislike this next number one as much vince no i love the next number okay one. then yeah we're talking about calamity kate number one we are talking about calamity kate uh, from Dark Horse, written by uh, Magda. Is it Magdalena or Magdalene? It's um, well, she goes by Mags. To the That's yeah, pretty so. safe to say. So let's say yeah. Mags Visaggio. Yep. Illustrated by Corin Howell, with color art by Valentina Pinto, and uh, the story takes place in a world where monsters are very much real. Yep. And I'm not talking about Cassie Hack's world where you got serial killers and zombies and werewolves. I'm talking about kaiju, giant, yeah, lizard type. Elsa creature. Bloodstone. Yeah, a little bit of Elsa Bloodstone. Mm-hmm. Sure, she shares the same uh, hair color with her. But um, we are introduced to a woman named Kate Strand, whose wife divorced her, and she she Art quits she quits her job and and she heads west. Doing what she does best, and that—that's hunting monsters. 
Um, and when we say West, we say specifically Los Angeles, where her, her longtime friend Vera lives. Vera is a single mom. Unfortunately, her husband Matt died, and uh, she is, is left to fend for a six-year-old daughter, Jade. Uh, but the problem is Kate hasn't contacted Vera in over like five years. You know, that's a bit of data that sticks in Vera's craw when Kate asks, you know, she's like, what up, hooker? Yeah. Can I stick around for, you know, a little while till I get back on my feet, you know, and and see as soon as Kate was married, she kind of sort of forgot all about her her bestie Vera. You know that there's people like that, right? There's those people that like when they get in a relationship, ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, break up and it's like, yo, what up, my dude? Should we hang hey. out tonight? Yes, hey. I, I, it's true. You know, you get a little, little bit of what you've been missing and you forget about mm-hmm. everybody that's been there with you the, the long run. But yes. uh, so Vera's husband dies, right? And Kate doesn't even bother to pick up the phone or, or check in with her, her, her best friend. Like, you doing okay? She's just ghosts, you know? But yeah. but Vera eventually gives in and, and, and Kate kind of, moves in temporarily temporarily in quotes because six, six months later and, and, and i know and kate's still there anyway, but- and before you go on and and you know what and and this is one thing i, I don't want to i don't want to lose this um this was one of the neat tricks that i thought mags did really well is that we don't you would think that it's all happening you know in a pretty quick pretty quick clip you know maybe a day or two but you find out how much time has passed, you find out how life has continued just based on conversations. Like instead of getting a caption box, a text box that says, you know, six months later, you just Vera's like, it's been six fucking months, lady. It's like so I I think that I I love the way Mags is telling this story. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm sorry, please continue. No, no, that's cool. And it's 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 done pretty seamlessly because we 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 see um, them, Vera and Kate, just sort of reconciling a bit in 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 a shadowy room. And the next thing you know, Kate's chopping the uh, this giant kaiju called Monstroticus, and and Kate has definitely made a name for herself, or or so I should say, an alias for herself, because she's a monster hunter called Calamity. And she polishes off giant beasties, you know, with nothing but a katana. And and she's she's getting there, but she's not at the top of the monster hunting ladder because that spot is reserved for somebody called Javelin. And Kate, well, sorry, Calamity, calls her out on a live news news broadcast. She she kills the monster and the the. The newscaster's there, and he's like, "Hey, what do you got to say about this?" You know, and she calls out Javelin, so she's she's aiming for the top, right? But like I said, she's kind of overstayed her welcome at, at Vera's. Vera's house is a mess; it's littered with the the spoils of Calamity's kills. You got skulls, monster skulls everywhere, falling out of duffel bags. There's blood on the walls, and and she's Vera's like seconds away from asking Kate to to leave when Kate kind of drops the bomb that she's going to do the unthinkable. She's going after the seven fabled beasts of yore. Ah, oh yeah, this is what got me because 
supposedly the seven fabled beasts of yore are the legendary creatures from which all monsters are spawned. So if she eliminates the these beasts, all the little underlings will go away, right? Yep. And um there's there's something else at the end of this issue. And I think we should leave that go because sure. it, it's kind of a nice little hookity dook to get you to, mm-hmm. to read more. I I'm very unfamiliar with Corin Howell's work, but I thought this issue was very well done, uh, particularly the expressions um, on the characters' faces. Like when when Vera's quizzical or agitated or just plain pissed off, the facial features are dead on the money. And um, there's one. Uh, sequence where calamity is talking to Vera and she says wow you're such a mom and 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 she says one thing leads to another and she says I gotta take my my daughter to the bus stop you know we'll we'll talk when we get back and calamity goes can I come and she's got this furrowed kind of have mercy on me brow movement and a little shit-eating grin on her face and her 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 one shoulder's lower than the other. It's just like a very effective sh- means of shorthand for transferring exactly what this character is feeling. She's 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 at the mercy of her buddy. She's got nowhere else to go, right? And it's just cool. The 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 Jade looks up to Calamity, which is even worse because Vera wants her ass out of there, and the daughter's glommed onto her as this strong role model type woman when. Calamity just goes out and eviscerates monsters. I mean, yeah, it's dangerous, right? But the kid sees her as a sort of a superhero when mom looks like she has some kind of a military background. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, she's she's straight up army. Yeah, and that's that, um, and she's she's very well built, you know, and she's made a life for herself. She's made a house. She she you know she has a daughter to to to. Uh, oh yeah, there's a picture with the two of them in where she's in her in her mm-hmm. fatigues. Her fatigues yeah. So. I mean, she's she's in control of her life, and then in comes this disruption, this beautiful, fiery-haired disruption that just she's pierced and she's amazing, but totally unexpected, and it just throws Vera's life into the blender, which is yep. kind of cool. There's a uh, there's a great when um, Jade is. Pretending to be the the monster of Kazad Doom, and um, Mom grabs the uh, the skull, the the bones from her. Um, Jade marked her arms up, and at, 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 as if she has tattoos like her like her Auntie Kate, and um, it's just, it, little touches like that. I thought were really cool. I, I I agree with you about about Howell's art. I I am. It's. It's totally part of me as I was reading it made me wonder if thinking that, you know, Dark Horse realizes they don't have the Buffy license anymore, but we still because it's even in L.A. And I'm like, all right, so so where's the Hellmouth? And I'm like, I, I I didn't want to I didn't want this to be a Buffy replacement. And and it isn't because Kate isn't. Buffy and and it, there's there's no no supporting cast that 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 resembles anything like the Scooby Gang. It's it's just it's Kate's a monster hunter in in a world where you know monsters exist and and the monster hunters are 
celebrities and um that reminds me of crowded in that regard where these these crowdfunded killers are just you know are, are, are celebrities but um it's it still reads as its own thing it 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 reminds me of i don't I, I haven't really read any of Bo Smith's Winona Earp, so I don't even know if, if, if the female is, is kind of similar in that regard, but it's, it's, it's just, I really, I, I enjoyed it way more than I expected to. Um, I, I like the story and, and I agree with, with Vince, as I said on, on the art, but it's a, um, it was, it was a really cool surprise. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Jason, did you like it? Uh, I did, and I got to say, I I was a little skeptical um, going in um, because I have not been a fan of Meg's other work. I have. Well, what, what's the other book she you, just started? You, I know you've been reading her Man Eaters. I know that. No, that's that's uh, that's Chelsea King. Um, that was who wrote uh, Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Mags wrote is writing Morning in America, which I think is by Oni. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, and I, I I know I see your name on Twitter a lot because it's where a lot of the she's a target for a lot of the CG dudes. But um, seriously, she writes two books and she's a target. Yeah, I didn't know if we were going to go down this road. She's she's a she's a very outspoken. Mags is also she was a. A write a critic first, um, and an editor, and she's very outspoken, uh, and she's one of the main opponents of the gators. Um, she is. Uh, see, I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get in trouble here because I, I don't. I, I know she is outspoken and like. I, is she a lesbian? I, I mean, I don't like. I'm pretty sure she's a lesbian, like, and, and outspoken about that. But, but bottom line, she's a. She's like one of the main opponents of the Gators, hmm. um, and, and I, I, I think it is relevant because I, I have to be honest, I, I, I think a lot of people struggle to criticize her work because of that. Okay. Because I think if if you take this out of context, right? Yeah, you get labeled oh, a Gator because if, yeah. you, if you say you don't like her work, it's going to be taken as that you're a misogynist, and 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 that's why I kind of was a little nervous about talking about this because oh. no, I, I, but I like this book. I mean, but I'm saying like, I haven't liked the other stuff I've read of hers. Okay. Um, she did the transformers versus visionaries, which again, probably not her fault there. She did eternity girl, that vertigo book. Um, Oh, that's right. Kim there and Kim. You, right. There you Kim go. Kim and Kim. Um, she did a dazzler one shot. She was, I think supposed to do a dazzler book. It's all coming back to me now. She was supposed to do a dazzler book. And I think the Gators took credit for her not like the book getting canceled before it even, you know, it was one of those ones where I think it got solicited and the orders were so low, they canceled it before it ever, like they just decided not to do the, the series. And then they put out a one shot, which was probably the issue they had already put in the can called Dazzler X song. So anyway, I, I, none of this is relevant to our discussion other than to say, I do think it's hard to, she is such a hot button in the comics world right now that I think it makes it difficult to speak candidly about her, uh, 
work if you're not a fan, put it that way. Um, but it, but let's 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 focus back on this book. I, I enjoyed it. I, I but my point is I was nervous going in. Um, I, I was prepared to maybe not not vibe on it, but um, I see the Buffy vibe a little, just in the sense that it's a young female protagonist that's uh, you know whooping ass on evil things. But, <laughs> but there yeah. are lots of those. Like I said, I mean to me it, re- it definitely reminded me um, more of Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, sure. Particularly the next wave version of Elsa, or the one that right. we saw in uh, Monsters Unleashed. I think um, what really hammered it home was that it's in LA. Like if this took place in Ohio, sure. I wouldn't even sure. think about it. Sure. Um, but no, I dug it. You know, I mean, it's it's. I didn't think it broke any new ground, but uh, I found the character likable, and uh, like you said, Vince, I think it it got that extra notch of oh, okay, I'll come back for more when when she made it clear she's going to be going after these seven major monsters yeah you know because it, i presume that's what the the, the run's going to be about now and, sure and that's fun that's should be right. a lot of fun it's going to be monster 10 little indians or in this yeah. case seven yeah. little indians yeah. right, right not so little but um i i thought the the dialogue was especially true to my ears like it it, it felt like not like i was reading the the an, an interaction between two one-time friends it just felt real Right. Mm-hmm. It felt like, the, OK, this is the way people speak and this is how they move when they speak. So um, words and pictures, great combination in this book. Sure. Yeah. But I had no idea about all that other stuff that they were. Well, talking why about. would you? I mean, it's not it's not your fault. And, that, that. And, and it shouldn't be relevant. If you're, to, if you're to not on Twitter, you wouldn't know this any Basically, if, if you're not on Twitter, you, you probably don't know that comics gets even a thing. Right. Um, and I don't even like to call it by its name because I just my view is that the the reason that they are as popular as they are is because people keep talking about themselves. So. Right, 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 right. So very enthused about the rest of this. I don't know if it's a if it's a miniseries. I wouldn't think with seven you know bad guys to to chop through. It's they're not going to get it. If they do get it done in five issues, it's going to be incredibly high paced. And judging, I assume it's one of those deals where uh, it'll go as long as the market supports it. Right. Right. And I think it's wonderful. The designs of the uh, seven fabled beasts are pretty cool. What we can see, because they're mostly in shadow, but um, the, the silhouettes are, are really neat. And then one looks like one is a woman because she got the, the breasts. And uh, oddly enough, if, uh, I mean, Calamities was in a same sex marriage. And mm-hmm. another, another book we read this week. The um, assassination number one, Maxwell Bishop was in. Oh it. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, I mean, and you know that's life. That's how. Yeah. That's the way the world. And it's not. And it's 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 presented in that you know it's. I mean it. It almost. I'm getting to the point now where, it's, the way they establish it, the way they introduce it, the way they broach the subject in a comic book. It's like you know. Jason asked if I mentioned that that Kamala was Muslim. So I didn't, but I mean, yes, that's obviously part of the character. But I don't, and yes, that's. I mean, G. Willow Wilson is, and and that was a, a big deal at the time because it's it's the first mainstream. Yeah, and, and it, so, Sana Ahmad, the 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 editor, and yes, she, she created the character. Yeah. Um. So it it is it's it's part of Kamala's pedigree, absolutely. But it's it's one of those things where it's it's almost I I would rather that be an afterthought just like yes you just happened i mean it, it is a big deal but it's still that's not what is drawing me to the character mm-hmm. obviously and, and and for maxwell and 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 for kate 
to be gay. Um, it, it's like, okay, I mean, that's that's cool. It's like, you know, all right, so, so you have somebody you love. And, and yes, obviously, Maxwell lost that husband. So it's, it's uh, which is why you know, the gun is the revenger. And, but it's like, if you could either, we're, we're getting at the point now where happily, I would add that uh, you don't have to guess if someone's married, it's like, okay, cool. I mean, you could guess. You have a 50-50 shot. Either your husband is a man uh, or your wife is a woman or or, or you're – it, it shouldn't make a difference, obviously. But, yeah, it's 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 cool that we're just like it, – it's not – that doesn't – that's not – they don't introduce themselves with that. Hi, I'm Fred and I'm, it's my husband, Bob. It's like, you know, it's just the, we don't have to – make a big deal about it anymore and that's mm-hmm. what right. i'm really looking forward well, to well it was nice because in in either instance the characters are not defined by the fact that they're gay like kate, right. Right. kate's um divorces or or she's divorced from her wife it's it's and she goes on this this defined herself she goes west that could happen to anyone regardless of the yes the gender of your and your, it's all, and and it, it's it's mentioned in, in such an offhand way where if like you, you might even just gloss over it because it's never, I mean, yes, they, they, they just mentioned in for, for the upcoming issue, you know, we'll find out why she's, she headed West, but you know, if, if she didn't say it to, in the conversation she was having with Vera, if, if she, if she didn't use the, the article, her or she, you would have just, you could have assumed Either way, it wouldn't have mattered, but it wasn't, it, it's, we didn't get this huge backstory about, you know, oh, my folks threw me out because I was gay. It's like, none of that mattered. Yeah. And that's nice because it doesn't matter. Right. And it shouldn't matter. But anyway. No, it's not. Yeah. So, the, uh, so we growing three thumbs up on Calamity Kate, too? De- yeah, definitely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, good. Yeah. Just, I mean, th- this is one where, where I'm going to need to see, like, I, I want to get drawn in by the seven here in this next issue, right? I, I don't like. I don't know if I want to see another issue of her chilling at the house and being the awkward housemate. Yeah, because she got her own apartment. Well, um, she doesn't have to get her own apartment, but I just don't. I don't want that to be like half the book. Any like, it's cool. We got the sense that she's kind of this crazy freeloader, but I, I don't want. I want the book to. I want it. I, I'm going to presume it's going to pick up the pace a bit from here. Yeah, yeah. And I, are any. Does does Dark Horse have any ongoings? Aren't most things from now? I mean, even if I mean with the, the whole Hellboy model, but I don't, I don't know of any. So even if this was, well, I used to say that, that, that this wouldn't be. You're right. Okay, so I got one. Um, I mean, Department H renew was 24 issues, and my management was kind of broken up. Um, is that still like sequentially numbered with consecutively? Numbered? Uh, I guess those are still the minis. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, the minis. But even this, I mean, yeah. if it was like a five or a six issue mini, who's to say, you know, the next volume. It, so we'll, we could get the different, just like, you know, the whole macabre books and things right. like that. But yeah, it's, it's dark horse. We'll see. I, I'd like, you know, if, even if this is a fine, even if this particular story has a beginning, middle and end that mags has planned, then, um, you know, if it does well, we'll see, Kate back in a follow-up, but we still got to get we got to get to the second issue before we even worry about where this is going. Truth, and I'll be there for the second issue. Anything else? Uh, we got two shout-outs. Tell us. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Connor Leonard. 
and today, as I was flipping through um, my emails, I noticed a uh, new patron as of this morning, uh, Jude S. Reader, R-E-T-E-R. So it's either much Reader love. or Reader, but yes, much, much love. Thank much you so love very to much. you both. Thank you. Nice. And also, we should speak on it because when next these fine, fine listeners hear our dulcet tones, it will be one of those oh-so-special rare instances where we are all in the same room together recording because next Wednesday, six days from now, five for those of you listening, my booze will be descending upon Stately Wood Manor to hang out and record our last episode before the next morning we get on a plane, a 737 Max 9, and and fly all the way to the third coast, the Windy City, a.k.a. Chi-Town, to partake in a glorious extended weekend for C2E2. Hashtag EOC2E2. Oof. I don't know if I'm remember that, but sounds good. <laughs> it's the same as the last time. I don't think I used it once last time, but... I don't know if any of us did. <laughs> but I am freaking stoked. I'm ready. Oh, absolutely. And, and so we will have our not-so-usual-usual usual episode next week, where we'll talk about whatever. Um, and then, uh, because it's a con month, and we are already at the... F- 14th and you may have noticed you patrons may have noticed there was no book of the month poll we are going to record our book of the month once we decide on it at the uh the crib from airbnb chicago uh so you will not just hear vince and jason uh and me talking about the book you'll also hear our housemates and um so that will be this month's that will be the March book of the month. Um, and then we'll be back to, to vote on uh, on April's next month. But you will have um, the book of the month from the... And it'll probably be published once we return from Chicago. But we will record that there. Uh, of course, you'll get our um, convention... Um, our pre and and post con recorded jaunts on our way to and from the show. Uh, you will our con recap because actually now we may not even have to do that this time around because we originally had something planned for the last Thursday of the month. So um, we may call an audible and actually do a a traditional con recap on that Thursday as opposed to um, originally we were planning on doing it kind of from the airport while waiting to, to board because um, we had something else planned for the 28th. But nevertheless, we have quite a few things planned and ready to go starting next Wednesday evening. Yes. Yes. All professional. We're going to do lots of content, lots of video. Mm-hmm. We're going to do all kinds of stuff and we're going to, we have a whole, we have an awesome crew coming there's an awesome crew that's already there. It's going to be a blast. And uh, uh, once again, I know a lot of you will be there. And if you are going to be there, please do us a solid and say hello. If we have not met you before, I would love, we would love to meet you guys and gals. Shout out to Sarah. 
You're not lying. Shout out to Sarah, indeed. Yep. All right, everybody. You know the drill. If you want to get inexpensive comics, there's only really one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get your books, get them fast. Get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. From Marvel, it's the Avengers trade paperback, No Road Home, fourteen ninety nine. From DC, Batman, Last Night on Earth, number one of three, two ninety nine. That's half off. And from Kevin Eastman Studios, Drawing Blood, colon, Spilled Ink, number one of four for $2.19. Well, in your travels, I'm about an eighth of the way through this book. It is not sequential art, but it is focused on a man instrumental in the arena of sequential art. It is called James Warren. Empire of Monsters, the man behind Creepy, Vampirella, and Famous Monsters by Bill Shelley. Now, I've mentioned Bill's name a bunch of times because he has written one of my all-time favorite books, um, The uh, Man of Rock, a biography of Joe Kubert. And Bill also wrote um, Sense of Wonder, which is an amazing recollection of that period in his life when aghast and agape at everything concerning comics and superheroes. And we all share that, that, that period in, in our lives where we just love comics to death. We never outgrew it, but you know, uh, there are many a childhood where comics are the, the only thing that matters. And he wrote a book on it. But anyway, this, uh, James Warren book, I got a love hate relationship with James Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, regardless of your take on the man, there is no, discounting the fact that he is a true revolutionary in publishing. The man owned the magazine section of the newsstand for better part of a decade, spawning mm-hmm. a host of imitators, uh, especially, specifically the Skywald books and there was the Erie pubs. None of that would have happened if uh, James Warren hadn't gathered together the remnants of the the EC gang and and started publishing these beautiful black and white magazines I love so much. But if you want to get uh, the real poop on James Warren, and and it's been great so far, uh, pick this book up. James Warren, Empire of Monsters from Fanagraphics. It's 30 bucks hardcover, but it's well worth it. Thick-ass tome. Thick-ass. And Tor Johnson's on the spine. Oh, nice. Yep. I like my Tor Johnson Joe drawn by Drew Friedman. Tor Love Betty. Yeah. Um, In your travels, I'm not going to um, go too deep into this. Um, I wanted to talk about it when it came out, but we didn't. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, number two. Um, Donnie Cates, Jeff Shaw. Picking up where we left off, more or less. Um, there's an appearance by Kitty because Peter Quill is being very mopey. Um, there's a nice tender moment between um, Moon Dragon and uh, Phi Lavelle. And there's a little bit of a, um, of a quarrel between um, 
Groot and Cosmic Ghost Rider. But all together, this is just um, still a lot of fun. Um, the first issue um, set everything up beautifully. We, um, if you want to call them heroes or uh, Star Fox's posse, are. Um, of course, still, still looking for Thanos, and they have a feeling they um, they know where um, Thanos is headed. That they have a target on on who they're going to kill. Um, but the last page is is a pretty um, is a pretty cool doozy. So I'm not going to spoil that. This this issue is is a couple weeks old now. I think the third issue should be out. Um, if not, maybe next week. Um, if not the weekend, I think next week. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy is still a um, a heap of fun. Still looks amazing. Shaw is um, is a beast, and since he doesn't have a convention to go to this week, and I'm sure he's still knocking out these pages, Oof. but um, that that stings immensely. So we, um, yeah, I. I I can't wait to see how this uh, how this six parter um, wraps up. But if you haven't, I don't know what to tell you waiting for. But go out and get Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to do that. All right, nice. Um, in your travels, if you don't feel like reading a book that reminded David of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you could just read <laughs> just go the ahead. Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic. <laughs> Because I checked out issues number two and three this week. Uh, as a reminder, that license is no longer at Dark Horse. It is at Boom. And it is being written wonderfully so by Mrs. Miss Jordi Belair with amazing art by Dan Mora. And uh, as I said with the first issue, he is uh, right up there with George Genti, the original Buffy artist on the Dark Horse run, with being able to... If you if you're a friend if you're a fan of the TV show, you will see every character and recognize them instantly. But it's not done in a photorealistic way, such that um, you're feeling like you're getting Greg Landed. So it's it's he's doing a great job. Um, it feels like coming home. I love that series. Uh, let me be clear that this is not breaking new ground. This is essentially starting over with Buffy becoming the Slayer at 16 years old in in uh, in her town and over the Hellmouth, and that's that's what you're getting. You know, you're getting the Scooby gang and, and, and you're getting Cordelia and you're getting I mean you're getting you Speaking know, of mm-hmm. there was a um the uh the shop had the the variant with uh, Cordelia as a cheerleader on the cover. It looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. So so this is pure nostalgia. If you if you if you want to revisit that world um and don't feel like watching dusting off the DVDs, this is the comic for you. If you're Looking for something new, not the thing for you. And by the way, for those that are looking for something new, they are in the process of remaking Buffy as a TV show. Um, yes. And uh, it will be a, uh, I believe it's a, a young black woman who will be the protagonist. And I think Sarah Michelle Geller will be involved somehow as like her mentor. So um, no idea if that's going to be good or not. But uh, but this comic is hella good. So three issues in, it's just... It's like putting on a cozy, familiar pair of jeans that you forgot were in your closet. Are they acid washed? No, because that would be whack. (laughs) 
They're five hundred one. In your LA gears. Yeah. Five hundred one. Nice. All right, everybody. Extracurricular EOC activities. To wit, you can come to our Facebook group. Many Facebook groups. We have a main one and a bunch of other ones. So come there. We're having a kicking time. Go to the Twitters. We're on that thing. And uh, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one apostrophe. Go there. Just look around. In the meantime, say goodnight. <laughs> David. Uh, <laughs> Freaking creepy. That's creepy. Do I sound like that? No. <laughs> David. Oh, we got to interrupt the laugh to drop the David. Very nice. Precision. Surgical. All right, everybody. You guys lead them out. Peace and chicken grease. Yes. Peace and love. Peace and love. C2E2, be there. Pre-order, pre-order your uh, copy of Howard Stern comes again. It'll be on, on shelves in May. <laughs>